One of the greatest experiences you can have as a Christian is to learn to sit down. That is to rest in spite of the chaos surrounding you. Dr. Tony Evans says every Christian can share the Lord's perspective on life. You've got to learn to dream because the God who is in the future is in you now. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. A dream can be powerful enough to set a whole new direction for our lives, if we don't allow discouragement to crush it. Today, Dr. Evans takes a look at the amazing difference it makes when we dream God's dreams and start seeing them come true. Let's join him. It was on August 20. 8th, 1963, that the greatest speech of the 20th century was given by a king, Martin Luther King. And what was great about the speech was not only the eloquence of the spokesperson, his ability to craft words in an impactful yet concise way, but what made it what is arguably the greatest public speech of that century was at the core of it was a speech about a dream. It was a dream about a different kind of America. It was a dream about a place where the content of one's character would be more important than the color of one's skin. The thing I remember most was how he took the vision that he had expressed for America and then stepped it up and said that his eyes had seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Now once he did that, he moved it from a social speech to a spiritual speech. What he sought to do unapologetically was root the dream, the vision, into the program and purposes of God. What Dr. King said was, I see something. I see the coming of the Lord, that is his glory, his plan, his program, so I'm dreaming now based on something I see. There's nothing like seeing the future and adjusting the present in light of it. There's nothing like peering out to tomorrow and then beginning to implement it today because you see it. Woe is the individual, is the person who doesn't see anything. Because when you don't see anything, you lose hope. When you lose the ability to dream about a better tomorrow, you just ruined your today because you lose hope. On that occasion, in 1963, one king down here saw another king up there in an attempt to root a vision for a better country, in this case racially speaking, to the plans and programs of God. So when Coretta Scott King passed, and that moved to the forefront of my mind, and since it involved a dream, I 
my mind went to Revelation chapter 5. Because in Revelation chapter 5, we get to peer into the future. And if your eyes and my eyes can see the glory of the coming of the Lord, then perhaps it will affect a better today while we look forward to and await the awesome tomorrow that God has in store for us. While the book of Revelation speaks about the future and the the glorious culmination of history as it bleeds into eternity. It also functions as a mirror for how we are to function now in light of the glorious tomorrow that we await. He says in the two verses I want to focus on, and they sang a new song, verse 9 says, saying, worthy are you to take the book and to break its seal." For you were slain and purchased for God with your blood, men from every tribe, every tongue, and people, and nation. And you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Now, God says that this is the glorious tomorrow to which we are headed. We are headed toward a day when the recognition of the rulership of Jesus Christ will be worldwide and where his people will sing his praises and serve alongside of him in the ruling of this planet. This vision of a better tomorrow is supposed to be being mirrored today through his unique group of people Christians, those who make up the church of Jesus Christ. The first thing he did was announce a celebration. He says, they sang a new song. This is a context of worship, of celebration, of praise, but we're told that it was a new song. In the Bible, the phrase new song referred to a song that was sung after a victory had been achieved. That's what made it new. The song wasn't new necessarily because the melody was different. What made the song new was that God had given his people victory over an enemy so they had something new to sing about. Many of us have sung a new song. We just didn't know it was a new song because we were using old lyrics. But let me tell you what a new song, a new song comes when your world is falling apart (laughs) and every day looks dark and God breaks through and removes the clouds, makes the sunshine again, reverses the situation and you break out in a song. It's a new song because you've seen a brand new intervention of God into your circumstances. Bible says when Israel crossed the Red Sea, they sang a new song. (laughs) Why? Because God had done a new thing. 
One of the things I'm looking forward to happening in so many lives this year, all year long, is a whole bunch of singing of a new song. A new song that comes out of a victory that God has brought to bear in your world and in your life. No reason that everybody sometime this year oughtn't be singing a new song. You say, but I can't sing. No, you don't understand. When you've been delivered, you can sing. A new song has to do with a victory achieved. So when he says in verse 9 that they sang a new song, he says the content of this song was, Worthy are you to take the book and break the seals. They were singing because the seal of something called a book could now finally be broken because there was somebody who had the qualifications to break it. God gave Adam a charge. He gave Adam a charge to take dominion over the earth. Adam was God's man to take God and deliver him worldwide. Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. And so the Bible says in chapter 2 verse 19 that God brought all the animals before Adam and it says, and whatever Adam named it, that was his name. It was that sense of authority and that privilege of being able to have dominion was what God told Adam to do. The problem is Adam got sidetracked with the plan and therefore he no longer qualified to fulfill the covenant that God had with this planet in order to rule and to reign on earth through a man. But in Revelation chapter 5, the reason that they're singing a new song is because finally somebody, the Bible calls him the last Adam, is now worthy, he qualifies, to break the seal in order to fulfill the requirement that God has for man to have dominion on the earth. Now the good news, you say, but that's in the future. Yeah, but you got to learn the dream. Because the God who is in the future, when he's going to do it worldwide, is in you now. So while we have to wait to see the full expression of the earth-wide vision of the rule of God through Jesus Christ, what you and I get to do now in principle is still sing a new song. Because since he is worthy and since he's in you, then you get to act on his behalf in history to see some of your dreams come true. And Dr. Evans will come back with more on that thought in just a moment. First, though, if you're ready to start making a real difference in the effort to build unity in our churches, our neighborhoods, and our country, we put together a special package of resources to help you. It includes Tony's current six-part message series, Faith, Hope, Unity, a tribute to Black History Month, as well as a brand new book. It's called A Survey of the Black Church in America. 
and it's a fascinating and informative read where Dr. Evans explores the collective historical aspects of African-American churches in our country, but also shares eye-opening incidents he's personally experienced as a black believer from the time of the Civil Rights Movement to today. This book will help believers of all races recognize the Bible as our common ground, our guidebook linking all of us to eternal truth, unity, and understanding. Right now, and thanks for your contribution to help us keep Tony's teaching on this station, we'll send you this enlightening book, as well as all the messages in the Faith, Hope, Unity series. Just drop by TonyEvans.org today to get the details, or let one of our team members help you when you call 1-800-800-3222. Our resource center is open 24-7, so there's no need to wait. Again, that's 1-800-800-3222. I'll repeat our contact information for you after part two of today's message and this. This November, join Dr. Tony Evans on an inspiring cruise along the Mexican Riviera. Immerse yourself in his sermons, connect with fellow followers of Christ, and experience the serenity of life at sea. Embark on lively excursions along the coast of Mexico and enjoy a blend of spiritual development and cultural exploration. Visit TonyEvans.org and book your voyage from November 9th through the 16th. Enjoy and explore. Let me tell you why you ought to be excited today and why you ought to be at least tuning up to sing a new song. (laughs) The reason why you ought to be tuning up to sing a new song is because the text says, worthy is he who sits on the throne. See, don't, don't miss that. When Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible says he ascended up to heaven and he sat down. Now, you might just want to read over that and think it's a minor thing. That's a major thing he sat down. Because the reason he sat down is because he was finished. He sat down because victory was achieved. That's why the Bible can say to you and me, you're already more than conquerors. The Bible can say to you and me, you are already overcomers. Because Jesus sat down. And guess what Ephesians 2 says? You are seated with him in heavenly places. In other words, one of the greatest experiences you can have as a Christian is to learn to sit down. That is to rest in spite of the chaos surrounding you. Why? Because of who you sit next to. We are seated with him. And since he has already won the victory for you, you don't have to fight for victory, you fight from victory. It has already been won. The stuff you face, which is real stuff, even in this passage, it comes in the context of a world in chaos during a time of tribulation. But in spite of all the chaos going in the world, it says the redeemed ones were singing a new song. Because they were not looking simply as things as they are. They were looking at it from the vantage point. You, you know, we've all been in an airplane and seen how orderly things look when you're looking at it from on high. Now, the closer you get to the ground, the more chaos you can see. 
But, but as long as you can keep a bird's eye view, stuff looks squared and stuff looks orderly. And you can hardly see the problems because you're just so high. Until you and I start leaving ground level and looking at things from Christ's viewpoint, it'll mess with your ability to sing a new song. The qualifications, he says, that he was worthy to break the seal for you were slain, you purchased for God from your blood. He brings up the subject of redemption. What he's suggesting to you and me today is that our relationship with Christ based on the cross has now given every single believer access to God through what he calls redemption. That word redemption or purchase means to buy a slave off of the slave market in order to set them free. What this means is that you've been paid for. The highest actual price that could ever be paid for a person was paid for you by the death of Jesus Christ. When he shed his blood, he bought you. That's why the Bible says you've been bought with a price. You've been paid for. And the Bible says now you wear his name because he owns you now. One of our problems, why we don't get to sing a new song as much as we ought to sing a new song, is that we don't understand what it means to be paid for, to be owned by another. Jesus Christ is declaring that his blood owns you and if you would just let him own you, that is, dominate your will, dominate your purposes, dominate your plans. If you would just let him own you, you would see how good he could take care of you. A lot of Christians don't want the one who bought them to own them. They don't want the one who paid the price to control the agenda. And so they often find dreams becoming nightmares because they do not look at life, live life, and function life with Jesus as the centerpiece. He is often an addendum. God's dream, if you will, is that Jesus Christ be everything. In fact, let me read to you Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. It reads like this. With a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose who works all things after the counsel of his will. He says in verse 10 that God's goal is the summing up of all things in Christ. That's God's dream. So if that's God's dream, if you want to see the coming of the Lord, that's got to be your dream too. That is, your life's dream must be to bring all aspects of my being under the authority of Jesus Christ. Without that dream, you can't see the coming of the Lord because that's God's dream. And he gives us a picture of it happening in heaven. This picture of heaven that's supposed to be mirrored on earth, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, involves every tribe, every tongue, every people, and every nation. 
In other words, it's a worldwide dream. And it will involve people from every background, every language, every orientation, every race. When Dr. King made his speech, his dream for America was that these differences that we have would not interfere with our common unity. I love the Olympics, whether it's Winter Olympics or Summer Olympics. When the athletes hit whatever sporting event they are a part of, it's really about them, but it's not only about them. In other words, whoever wins the gold, they don't come and say, what's your favorite song? So we can play it. You know the song they play? They play the song of the nation of which they are a part. Why? Because you're not just here for you. You're here representing something bigger. It's not just about you. Now, it includes you because you're the athlete and you're the one doing it. But it's not just about you. We're going to play the song of your country. Why? Because when you win, your nation wins. He says that God's dream is that people from every race, every background, every orientation in terms of nationality are going to be represented around God's throne. What's going to give him their commonality? The blood. He says the one thing that will make them all alike is that they were purchased with the same blood. That's why Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Why? Because the one price tag, the common currency that brings us into a relationship with God is the blood. No matter where you go around the world, there will be Christian congregations relating to God and one another because of the blood. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus Christ, Ephesians 2, has erased the Mason-Dixon line. It has erased the barriers between not only God and man, but between men and one another. Where is our problem then? Going back to Martin Luther King's dream. Why has it been so difficult? Well, the reason why it's difficult in the world is because the church hadn't got it right yet. Because remember, the church is supposed to mirror the kingdom of heaven. He says, notice the first line of verse 10, you have been made to be a kingdom of priests to our God. And we talk about this kingdom agenda thing, the rule of God. He says, I have made you a kingdom of priests. Now, priests had access to God. That's what a priest did. He ministered to God in worship and in service, and he led the people to minister to God in worship and in service. That's what a priest. The problem today is that the priests are missing. Now, the Bible says every Christian is a priest. That is, every Christian has access to God for the purposes of worship and service. Every Christian has access to God in worship and service. The problem is that instead of being priests to God, we're working at being acceptable to man. And if you're not a priest to God because you're trying to please men, then you're not going to hear from heaven. Dr. Tony Evans talking today about how our dreams can come true when we dream with the king. If you'd like to get a full-length copy of this presentation to review in its entirety or to perhaps pass along to a friend or family member or your Bible study group, 
It comes as a part of a unique package of resources that includes Tony's current six-message series, Faith, Hope, Unity, along with his informative new book, A Survey of the Black Church in America. For a limited time, you can get this special package with our thanks when you make a contribution to help support Tony's work. As always, details are waiting for you at TonyEvans.org or call our resource request line at 1-800-800-3222, where team members are standing by day and night to help you. That's 1-800-800-3222 or online at TonyEvans.org. Well, just because we can't know the future doesn't mean we shouldn't be looking to it. On Monday, Dr. Evans will tell us more about the importance of dreaming big, godly dreams and how those dreams can literally change our tune. I hope you'll join us. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you. 